Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much for listening. This is episode 20, Tickle Me from 1965. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. Mike, we are back with an official Elvis episode. People wanted us to watch Tickle Me. We wanted to watch Tickle Me. We finally mm-hmm. watched Tickle Me. And mm-hmm. I got to say, mm-hmm. title misleading. That, yeah, quite Quite misleading. Did you see what I put on Letterboxd, the original title for this movie? No. What was the original title? Even worse. Not worse in the, like, what is that movie about, but worse in describing what this is. Isle, I-S-L-E, Isle of Paradise. Hmm. Makes no sense. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, Elvis and the Search for Curly's Gold might mm. be a little better. I was <laughs> trying to rack my brain of how to market this and what to do, but it is so much... How do you contain it into a single title? I don't know. We will get to all of that. But Mike, first up, we have some emails to get through. And we have some news. You want news? Mm. You want emails first? What do you want first? We should get like an Elvis commemorative coin to flip. (laughs) Okay, we have four emails today. Cool. We read, wait, did we read one of these already? Yeah, we, we read, read, we read Lucy's. Lucy's, yes. yes. So we now, read that. Yes. Because our last episode was War Pony. Also, I do want to say. Yeah. Everybody who's listening out there, we talked about this off microphone, not off Mike Mancy, but off microphone. <laughs> I think it would be cool. We've talked about a lot on here after we do Elvis, after we do like his specials and his comeback special and everything. We also have all these movies that like where mm-hmm. he was a character in, not not he, the actor, but, no, like, but like Val Kilmer playing Elvis, Kurt him. Russell playing Elvis, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Elvis adjacent. We also have the Riley Keough things. We also have mm-hmm. the Priscilla Presley things. And I think it would be yes. kind of fun to drop those in every once in a while. So if you're out there listening, and I know that you are, otherwise you would not be hearing this. Do you want us to do that? Or should we wait till the end? Like, I, I you know, it wouldn't be like mm-hmm. in lieu of. Right. But it would be in addition to. Do yeah. you want us to wait till the end? Because, I mean, we're doing this for us. We're also doing this for you. So Good idea to ask her that. That's good. Uh, that'd be great feedback. Because there's also like, I mean, we're not going to do. I know Cage was a stepdad at one point, but we've, we're covering that. Don't worry about that. Uh, but what about like Michael Jackson's movies? And Wait, like, hold on, what? Michael Jackson was married to Lisa Marie. Oh, well, I mean, that's, uh, right. So like we could watch Captain EO. We can. That is branching off in a way that I was not expecting. And like who was Riley's father? I don't, I'm not familiar with her biological father. Danny so like, I think. So like, is he famous? Has he done stuff? Is he a producer? Like, you know, are we going to. There is uh, there are more branches than we're seeing, I think. I think where I want to start is Priscilla and Riley. And then from there, we could go elsewhere. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Riley also in the news this week, she's saying, I would do a movie Nicholas Nicolas Cage. Would be like, oh, yeah, okay. Dude, that'd cool. be amazing. That would. Mm. So no. let us know. <laughs> Again, they would not be in lieu of these. They'd be in addition to these. Because we did the War Pony episode, which is a movie that Mike and I both loved. We did that remotely. We didn't do that in person. I want to do the Elvis movies in person. We could do mm. other. You know, we'll figure it out. Just keep the feet alive. Because I also kind of do feel bad that, like, people want to tickle me. We, you know, schedules change. We didn't do a tickle me. We could have done something else in between. You know, who knows, right? But, like, let us know. King at cageclub.me. But, Mike, we have three emails to read wow. today. Awesome. First up from Sherry O'Connor. Subject line, the weirdly fascinating world of Elvis movies. All right. Hello, um, Joey and Mike. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Recently, I watched all 31 theatrical Elvis releases, and when I was finished, I was surprised at the dearth of Elvis movie podcasts to help me bask in my heroic accomplishments. I believe I found only two others which were unlistenable. Oh, no. 
What makes Viva Pod Vegas so enjoyable is your ability to break down the components of each film, focusing on plot, music, cast, etc., mm. and your effort to make sense of the parentheses sometimes nonsensical world of cinematic Elvis. Yes. I also like that you approach each film fresh. You don't get bogged down by other people's facts and versions of the truth, but instead put your own analytical spin on each film. And I agree with other fans that your ability to look upon these less than stellar artistic efforts with good humor and appreciation for the cultural artifacts that they are oh. is both kind and refreshing in a world filled with, quote, critics. Nice. I was just going to say your girl happy episode drop. It is one of my favorites. Also, this oh. movie tonight, I don't know if you have the same box set, but this is on the flip side of the disc to Girl mm -hmm. Happy. Yeah. Well, uh, when this started, it could have been called Girl Happy. Oh, the whole movie. Could or be girl Girls, happy. Girls, Girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me say, Sherry writes, I am so looking forward to hear your takes on some of the later films. I won't spoil anything <laughs> for you, but you will be amazed in amazed. all the letters by Live a Little, Love a Little, which okay. is quite a trip. And with seeing them all, I keep coming back to The Trouble with Girls. It's the one that made me fall a little bit in love with Elvis. And maybe you'll understand why when you get there. Mm. While my Elvis journey started as kind of a lark, by the end I gained a profound appreciation for and acceptance of this flawed man. I feel like I could go on forever, but I will wrap it up by saying thank you, thank you. I will eagerly be awaiting Tickle Me. Cheers, Sherry. Well, thank you, Sherry. That's oh, very nice. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like that happened to us a little bit where, like, this was a bit of a lark at first, but, mm -hmm. like, quickly kind of changed to, no, this is uh, this is becoming something else. Yes. <laughs> much better. Oof. Oh, that was a wonderful email. Thank you so much. Then we have Judith Anderton re uh, email in again. Tickle me thoughts. Hi, Joey and Mike. Oh, my. Have you watched Tickle Me yet? I just needed the <laughs> message to ask if you thought Lonnie Pam Stanley could possibly be the inspiration for the three Scooby-Doo characters. See what you think, Judith. Well, here she uh -oh. sends out a picture. Oh, my I mean, God. Pam could definitely be. I mean, I was definitely thinking that in the third act that he turns into Scooby-Doo. Oh, so Scooby I wasn't aware this predated that property. But uh, yeah, there's a great, when it, like at this point, internet theory. I love it. Uh, I mean, the only thing kind of missing for me from this movie was an actual ghost. But we'll get there. <laughs> Boy, we have a lot to talk about in that last half hour of this movie. And our final email is from someone we both know from... Christian Larson. Oh, hi. Subject line, an important message from the Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> hi, guys. Viva Pod Vegas is definitely becoming one of my favorites on the Cage Club Podcast Network, even though I never had any interest in Elvis movies before. Your trademark style. It's weird to read like a complimentary email from somebody we know, but, you know, thank you, Larson. Thank I'll you. read it anyway. Thank you. Strangers, totally fine. Larson, feel weird about <laughs> a it. A little different, but... Still cool. Your trademark style of it thoughtfully discussing a film without the intention of tearing it apart and managing to find the good and even the most culturally dubious art is mm. always great to hear. And the show is just as much fun as an Elvis flick. Okay, cool. Just watched Girl Happy with the wife the other night and we loved it. I'm a big <laughs> fan of trashy 80s spring break movies and remember the sleazy 90s MTV era. So it was honestly such a relatively mm -hmm. squeaky clean version of a spring break story. Sorry, quote, Easter break. Yep. The songs were all great, and a lot of the humor was genuinely funny. I wanted to tell you a story of a man who is very near and dear to my heart, Elvis choreographer David Winters. Hmm. Winters was one of the few original Broadway dancers to be included in the 1961 film version of West Side Story, performing in the iconic Cool routine, hmm. which is choreographed for him. Wow. 
He became a minor pop star and actor, eventually got the, cor- got the choreography gig on Viva Las Vegas. He would then go on to do three more with Elvis, Girl Happy, Tickle Me, and Easy Come, Easy Go, and four more with Anne Margaret. Oh, Anne Margaret. I miss her. By the late 60s, Anne Margaret had made the switch to television variety specials, and Winters was her go-to collaborator. He had found his new passion, and throughout the 60s and 70s, he ended up producing, directing, and or choreographing variety shows for Raquel Welsh, Tom Jones, Sonny and Cher, Kenny Rogers, and more. Oh my God, a, a legend. In the mid-70s, he befriended rocker Alice Cooper after directing what? his concert film, Welcome to My Nightmare. Later, Winter Whoa. introduced Cooper to his future wife, ballerina Cheryl Goddard. During this time, Winters was dating Deep Throat star Linda Lovelace. <laughs> Larson, you're you're going deep with who this. Who credited him? Boy, oh boy, Mike. <laughs> the, the, the look that Joey just gave me, he wants boy, to leave oh boy. right now. <laughs> who credited him for bringing culture into her life? Hmm. By the late 70s, the Star Wars holiday special had been the final nail in the coffin oh, of the no. variety special, and Winters <laughs> pivoted to film. In 1982, he directed and co-wrote the last horror film, a slasher flick shot guerrilla style at Cannes. His taste for horror led him to join up with infamous schlockmeister David Pryor on a string of exploitation classics like Future Force, Deadly Prey, and my personal favorite, Killer Workout. Wow, Killer Workout, Deadly Prey. One of you pointed out that a dance number from Viva Las Vegas looked more like an aerobics routine, which Uh there's also more of that. Uh That's not really a dance number, Uh but there's, there's, there's behavior in this movie, too, like that. Several prior Winters productions have gratuitous, sexy aerobics scenes worked into their stories. There's most likely a connection. In 1986, Winters directed Thrashin, another favorite of mine. Oh my it claims God, that's to like... be the first skateboarding movie, and it stars Josh Brolin as a kid from out of town who comes to L.A. to make it big in the skating world. Can we just pause for mm-hmm. one second? Because, Joey, do I love thrashing? I love thrashing, too. We all love thrashing. But it's like my rad. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Okay, my, my, my head is on the floor right now. It features a performance by the Red Hot Chili Peppers back when your only... When your cool older brother... No, back when only your cool older brother knew about them and cameos from many major skaters of the era. Also like four people who went on to be in Twin Peaks. I'm like David Lynch loves Thrasher. <laughs> in 1988, he directed the infamous Space Mutiny, which was featured in one of the Mystery Science Theater 3000's most iconic episodes. In 2015, Winters returned to his roots, directing a musical romantic comedy called Dancing It's On. Have you seen this movie? No. Oh boy. Is this a special episode? No, it's I'm not this it podcast. Down. How did this get made? Did it? I watched it. Dancing. It's, it's on. on. Yeah, dancing with the imposter, which you which you appropriately <laughs> did. There's no G in dancing. No. There's no G in dancing. Starring performers from popular dance scene reality TV shows. Presumably it was to be the start of a dancing franchise, but Winters passed away in 2019 at the age of 80. Wow. His autobiography written a year earlier is called Tough Guys Do Dance. Needless to say, he's a dude who lived a hell of a life, and I'm surprised I haven't seen a documentary about him pop up on Netflix or whatever. One last thing. Surely at least one of you is familiar with the 1984 spoof movie Top Secret. Of course. It was a Zucker-Abraham Zucker follow-up to Airplane and is much less well-known. It's basically what if there was an Elvis movie where he went on a World War II-esque adventure starring a young Val Kilmer. It's fantastic. That's a very interesting take on that. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Even when you branch out to do a King-adjacent content... I think it would make for a great episode. That's all for now. Keep on taking care of business, guys. Heart CL. Well, thank you, Larson. Wow, thank you for the uh, dropping in for a special guest spot. Awesome. He also emailed into Too Fast this week, too. He's been busy. He's been sending lots of nice notes. So thank, thank you, Thank you very much. Wow, that was, a, that was a great mailbag today. Yes. 
Very, no, enthusi- have, very enthusiastic. We have two bits of news. All right. One of which, uh, Nico's friend Tori, who loves this show, loves Elvis movies, oh. send done. Tori says, did you know that Elvis Presley's cousin is running for governor in Mississippi? No. Elvis Presley's cousin lifts Democrats' hopes in Mississippi governor's race. How old is this guy? Is it too late to... How long do you have to live there? Brandon Presley is only 46. Oh, cool. Okay. How long do you have to live there before you can vote there? I don't know. Are you going like, to move to Mississippi? Just to vote to for... Tupelo? For Yeah. For E's cousin? Maybe. Conservative of Mississippi is tough territory for Democrats, but the party sees an unusual opportunity this year to unseat first-term Republican Governor Tate Reeves. Hmm. They're pinning hopes in November on a candidate with a legendary last name who has used his, his, who has used his own compelling story to highlight the economic plight of working families in a state that has long been one of the poorest in America. So he's a Democrat? Wasn't he a Republican? Like, wasn't that whole thing with him and Nixon and all that kind of stuff? I don't know, man. I think <laughs> I'm think i not into Elvis politics, is, but, like, that'll be a, a fun watch when we get to Elvis versus Nixon or whatever that movie's called. Democrat Brandon Presley is a second cousin of Elvis Presley, born a few days before the rock and roll legend died. While campaigning, Weird. Presley talks frequently about government corruption focusing on a multi-million dollar welfare scandal that developed while Reeves was lieutenant governor. Oh, okay. I guess so. Keep an eye on it. Speaking of uh, being born right before E died, it was just the, I don't know if this is your other part of the news. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but it was just the anniversary of E's passing. Oh, in August, right? Yes. So, no, it's not my other news. The other news is something I sent you. Tom Hanks was so concerned for Austin Butler's <laughs> mental health after yeah. Elvis, he offered him a next role immediately to prevent, quote, emotional whiplash. In what? The the man called Otto, which is even more emotionally upsetting? Or maybe in the Asteroid City, which would have been cool to see him in that. But who who caused some of that emotional distraught? The colonel, like the embodiment of the colonel, maybe? Like, sorry if I freaked you out too much with my, like, insane depiction of the colonel. I don't know, but he's going to go in Dune Part 2. I think he's doing fine. Oh, yeah. He looks... It's a completely different character and, and all that. Wait, was he or was he not Tex in... He was. Once, okay, because I was confused when he accepted a reward and, like, said something where he was like, I always wanted to work with Quentin or something as if he never worked with him. I don't know. I just got confused. No, he point. was Tex in Hollywood. Yeah, but I thought so. Yeah. All right, Mike, it is time to turn to... Unless Is there other news that you've seen other um, than... I don't think so. No. uh, Let me just do the old quick kind of like mental Rolodex. No, not really. As you're jamming a pencil into your ear. (laughs) That's how you do it. The eraser side, right? Mm -hmm. No. Smooth brain. All good. So my Tickle Me, Mm -hmm. 1965, the second movie of three that Elvis puts out this year, a singing rodeo rider hires on at an expensive all-women dude ranch and beauty spa he falls for a pretty fitness trainer who is constantly threatened by a gang who wants her late grandfather's cache of gold hidden in a ghost town. That's a lot. That's a that's a heck of a lot. It's the it's a fair it's... plot summary, I think. Because <laughs> that is what this movie is about. Against all odds, that is what this movie is about. Well, yeah, it's it was definitely uh unpredictable as to how it's uh, a nice way of saying it. As to how it unfolded. Uh, I was very interested in what they focused on mm-hmm. most of the time, considering the uh, the situation and the and like the plot and, and some of the things that have some of the inciting incidents that happen that are just completely ignored at times. Mm-hmm. But like it's still a lot of fun. Mike, we have six taglines for this movie. Oh boy. 
All right. First one, I think I haven't read them because I like to save them for here because I like to react to them in real time. Okay, fun. I think they're pretty good. Uh, oh, okay. Based on just like the, the words and the things that I've seen. Number one, all capital letters, okay? All right. So you're yelling this. A dude ranch for girls. That's it? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's amazing. What? Let's not sell the fact that Elvis is in this movie. Let's just say it's a dude ranch for girls. Like, yeah, like oh, something you'd only ever dream up in the Hollywood pictures, <laughs> you know? Number two. Lots of exclamation points. This is a very girls, girl, girls title. Okay, okay. It's fun, exclamation. It's girls, exclamation. It's songs, exclamation. It's color, exclamation. It's all capital letters, Elvis, exclamation. It's fun, it's girls, it's songs, it's color, it's Elvis. Wow. These are these are hard in the modern age of like advertising to kind of wrap my head around sometimes. Like this is you it's know, especially color. when you they like watch Madman and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, like this got past quality control. People did not like this movie. I, I, I we'll talk about the color because I think that's a selling point for sure with this. Like there's some great matching between like mm-hmm. costumes and backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. But Okay, I'm not going to see this movie yet based on these uh, lines. Number three returns to the first one, kind of. Okay. El- but it adds Elvis. Better. Elvis as singing, swinging wrangler on a dude ranch, dot, 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 for girls. <laughs> Exclamation point. Elvis as singing, swinging wrangler on a dude ranch for girls. All right. Accurate. I mean, that's 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 more about yeah the whole like um, they're burying like the 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 gold the treasure hunt kind of thing. So that's I don't good. know if any of these got to the treasure. We'll say <laughs> number four. Is that your favorite one so far? Number three? oh yeah okay. yeah yeah yeah. I I'm going I'm I'm closer to going to see it now. Couple capital letter capital words in this. All right, Elvis in a rock all capital letters and regular. Rollicking, all oh, caps. I wasn't expecting that. Storm. Storm. That hits a rich and juicy, quote unquote, beauty ranch. Rich and juicy beauty ranch? Elvis in a rock and rollicking storm that hits a rich and juicy beauty ranch. I don't know. I'm I'm a little put off by that. Like a ju- nowadays. They're just just call it the bunny ranch at some yep. point. All right, next. <laughs> Number five. The heats from the desert, the laughs from everyone. The beats from town. The beats from they just they just that would have been great if the beats from Elvis. They just dropped the ball at the, the last heats from the desert. <laughs> the laughs from everyone. The beats from town. Elvis. Mm. Now here, I think is my favorite one. All right, and it's last one. Uh, All right, it's Elvis! Exclamation! Got that out of the way. Great, and it's fun. Exclamation! All right, that's all I need. Way out, wild and woolly exclamation all right all right it's s-p-o-o-k-y oh it's spooky spelled out exclamation full of joy and jive exclamation hmm it's elvis and it's fun way out wild and woolly it's s-p-o-o-k-y full of joy and jive so it's like s dash p dash k (laughs) i don't know why uh, that would have, that would, that's better, but that's like, the only you one that just hints at the back half of the movie. Yeah. I didn't occur to me until now. Like this is, this could be a Halloween film. This is like an Elvis horror movie, I guess. It's also an Elvis Western. Okay, here's, here's my issue with the movie and we'll get to it at the end. Elvis can't look flawed, so he can't look scared. 
if Elvis were Scooby Doo scared, yeah, this would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he because he's made that he's done that before, not like necessarily scared, but he makes the goofy face. Yeah, like he, in this he gets knocked in the face and like his eyes cross, but it's never Do they like use that same shot twice. I think it's the same exact yeah, okay. shot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that guy works. So, I mean, I was waiting for the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how they sell in like the quote-unquote horror of it and all, which, uh, quite frankly, was, like, so unexpected. Like, this thing takes left turns, right turns. Yep. It goes into cul-de-sacs and gets, like, lost for a while. Like, I love it. So, breaking down the cast. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, more than any other movie we've done, it feels like most of these actors are not really known actors. Mm. So, Elvis has Lonnie Beal slash the Panhandle Kid. Oh, my God, I can't wait. That's that. I want that whole movie. That's the movie. Yeah. We got Julie Adams as Vera Radford. So she's the one who owns the ranch. Okay. So she starred in a number of films in the 50s, including Bend of the River with James Stewart and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Hey, I know so that's that one. In your, in your oeuvre. Very cool. We've got Jocelyn Lane as Pam, who is okay. the woman that he falls in love with. Okay. So that's not Anne Margaret. No. But. God, she is, again, like. Come on. I, I understand. <laughs> Like he's on there, like they're they're casting people for their looks. Uh-huh. But like, I am still amazed that every single movie, I'm just like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. I mean, maybe they, maybe this movie is somewhat based on fact, and there is like an Elvis beauty ranch that they're just like fixing Turning, girls to like put in movies one after the other. I will say the last <laughs> song in the movie, which is "Slowly but Surely," like I don't think the songs are, are great in this movie. But surely. I think they're fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is my favorite one because the way that she's staring at him while they drive away, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, she is <laughs> unbelievably, unconscionably beautiful in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The only thing I know about her was she was married to a prince of- That tracks. Hohenlohe Langenberg. I don't know what that is. I didn't right. look it up. Well, she's like got princess looks. So we've got Jack Bellaney. Mulaney, M-U-L-L-A-N-E-Y. Not John Mulaney. Not John Mulaney. Could could be played by John Mulaney. This role would have been well, just honestly, the same. Well, honestly, Jack Mulaney might be John Mulaney going by Jack. Or his dad? Or his ne- uncle? Spelled differently, though. Okay. As Stanley Potter, who, shout out to Joe, too, born in Pittsburgh. All right. This has nothing to do with anything, but it was on his wiki, and I thought it was funny. The 1940 U.S. Census shows Jack Mulaney living on Minot Avenue in the Oakley neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio. So Wiki's just like, what? Here's his address? We know where he lived. Like, (laughs) we don't need to know that. That doesn't need to be on there. Not everything needs to be online. This guy looks super familiar. I mean, he's got to look like, uh, man, my my brain's gone. But the guy who was uh, like on Bewitched and uh, anyway, he he had a very kind of like familiar look to him. I thought I'd known him, but it's, it's thinking of other actors that sort of perform the same types of characters. Now we're into the cast of the movie that like, I don't know who any of these people are because it's just like a bunch of girls. We've got Mary Anders as Estelle Penfield. She was uncredited in How to Marry a Millionaire. We've got Gil- Connie Gilchrist as Hilda. Don't know anything about her. Barbara Worley, W-E-R-L-E as Barbara. Very stretched there. She was best known for her role in Seconds, which is a movie that we covered on Too oh, Fast. Oh, that's this a is, crazy movie. This is her film debut. All right. Um, we've got Edward Faulkner as Brad Bentley, who is the tough guy who in, you know, because there's like the two other guys that Elvis works with, right? Oh, there's, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's Stanley and there's Brad. Yeah. And Brad is most known for his roles in many John Wayne films. All right. We've got Allison Hayes as Mabel. I don't know who this is. This is her final film, but she was the star of Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Oh, sweet. So the 50-Foot Woman is in this movie. 
Uh, we got an uncredited guy who playing the deputy, Bill Williams, was or he was uncredited in the original King Kong. Hmm. And oh, Mabel. Okay, so Mabel was the girl at the club who swoons at Elvis in the beginning. Oh, okay. When she's like, "I'm in love," and then her boyfriend just like, "You're not in love. You're in love with me." And then he swings at Elvis. Yeah, that's the guy ball. once again is. Elvis's former bodyguard, Red West, <laughs> who, again, he's in every movie because he's just always around, would go on to write that book, the tell-all, mm. Elvis, what happened. But that guy's again Ooh, in cool. this movie. All right. Also, I'm looking through the line. If uh, if this isn't lying, Lori Williams is a dancer. She was the blonde and faster pussycat kill kill. Oh. That's what I knew her from. But So I was scouring the crowd looking for Terry Garr, but uh, to no avail. I don't know if she's in this one. I don't think she is. Okay. So this is the fifth time okay. that Norman Torog has directed an Elvis movie. Yep. He's done Blue Hawaii, G.I. Blues, Girls, Girls, Girls. It happened in the World's Fair, and there is at least three more to come. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the World's Fair, did you do any Elvis sightseeing while you were out in uh, I did not. Seattle, oh, wait, hold on. I actually do. So when I was in Denver, I don't think I showed you this. Hold on. Because I was in Seattle and Denver. But hold on. I was at a used bookstore. Very cool. Well, I sent you the the yeah. video that they had inside they had like the kind of like the lithographic or like the reflector where it's like different elvises Very but nice. out front they have in the front they have like a big elvis standee inside right mm-hmm. in front of a pride flag with a satanist on there they also have a big whole elvis display in the window there's like a nevada oh, wow. elvis license plate there's a bunch of little elvis figures oh nice there's elvis standee there's an elvis doll there excellent and then there's elvis pez and zombie elvis oh wow zombie elvis watch out and I was like, that's kind of cool. Like they, whoever yeah. you know, owned the store loved Elvis. So I didn't really do any Elvis sightseeing in Seattle. I mean, I'd gone to, when I was there like 10 years ago, I went up the space team. So I didn't go back up the same. I mean, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But in the World's Fair, not there anymore. Oh, no kidding. Mm-mm. That's unfortunate. Yes, truly. Missed it by that much. So interesting thing, maybe, I don't know if it actually is interesting, but <laughs> in this movie, while filming this movie, Elvis had a Sony film camera, which he let Norman Torog use. And he huh. was like, I love this because I can shoot and I can review it before we even edit. Like it just like, it felt like more immediate. And he's just like, this is super cool. Interesting. This movie was written by Edward Elwood. Oh, Ullman. He, he almost got me there. Edward. Ed well, then again, it kind of feels that way sometimes <laughs> in so, good ways. Elwood Ullman and Edward Burns, B-E-R-N-D-S, who are most known for Three Stooges shorts that they wrote between the 30s and 60s. That makes sense. One of these guys wrote the movie Return of the Fly. Oh, cool. The other one wrote a movie that I've never seen, never heard of, but I love the title of Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Whoa. Where has this been buried? Don't know. Produced by a guy, Ben Schwalb, who I don't have any information about, and cinematography by Loyal Gray, because I don't have any information about Is it. Is that where this show goes when we're completely dry? We go watch these movies for by the... Well, so Dr. Gold in the Bikini Machine I mean, maybe, or whatever the so hell like, that's called. <laughs> on Bananas for Bonanza, which is a podcast that Andy Bailey does with Mac Orley, they do all the Bananas episodes. And when they find a guest star, like Andy will go through that actor's filmography. He's like, this is a crazy movie. And then they, sometimes <laughs> they watch those movies. So like, it's not unheard of to like follow okay. that kind of diversive, diversive, divertive, divertive, Jesus Christ, path. Cool. I do think, mm. look, this is going to take us years. After we do the Riley movies, after we do the Priscilla movies, after we do whatever, after we do Elvis and other things, I think there's value in just like weird '60s shit. Oh, most definitely, like like the movies that were also like the Elvis movies, like yeah. basically movies, Elvis movies without Elvis. Yeah, yeah. So this one originally titled oh. "Isle of Paradise," which I said doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. It's not on an island. 
Elvis. <laughs> no, not even near water. It's in the desert. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, beauty oasis or something along mm. the idea of oasis, right? Yes. The Oasis Ranch or some shit. So Elvis won in 1966 before this movie the Golden Laurel Award as the best male actor in a musical film. What? For this movie, the only time he ever won that. What? Look, I don't, we're not saying that Elvis is a great actor, but Elvis has been much better than this yeah. in many movies. This I, is a weird one to commend him for. Yeah, it feels almost like, since we're talking about it, that he was kind of rushing through a lot of his lines, that he was like talking over a lot of lines mm -hmm. that other people like just wanted to just get this one like, over with or something like this also barely clocks in at 90 minutes they're just like we're gonna get there how we're gonna get there like we're gonna hit that number it's mm -hmm. like 90 40 seconds or something yeah a lot happens in the first half hour and then not a lot happens in the next hour uh, at least 45 minutes so the interesting thing about the movie the backstory is that allied artists was like facing bankruptcy okay so elvis made a deal with them he took a pay cut he still made three quarters of a million dollars he still made a lot of money yikes he didn't record any new songs, which I'll get to in a second. And so he's like, you're not going to pay for new songs. I'm going to take a pay cut. You're going to give me half of what the, the movie makes. Wow. That's and they're a like, rough deal. Okay. We got nothing else. Sure. So that, it cost 400 that. grand to make, which I don't know how it cost 400 grand to make because he made 750, but like whatever. Mm -hmm. The cheapest movie that he's been in so far. But yeah. It made $5 million worldwide, okay. so he got a big payday. The colonel got a big payday. Well, that's the, that's why it was so cheap, because the colonel was cutting the cost. And I, and I was almost had this, everything's one take. I almost had this theory that they were, they bought up all the ends of other film. Mm. They would put those together and sell. So it's like, all right, like we've got five minutes of film on this reel. We've got 12 minutes of film on this reel, whatever. So what was it? It's funny because of the colonel, but it's like the budget was... 399,600, like some like weird, like weirdly oh, specific weird number, right? number to the penny, but it cost $406,000. So it's like, it went over by six grand. It's just like, when is that close? Who gives a shit? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know him, he wrote down I everything. Know. I, I have it right here. It was 75 cents for that soda. So it made 5 million. So Elvis got two and a half of which Colonel got half of that. Oof. I'm sure. Right. Give but it was the high. third highest grossing allied film ever and right. saved them from bankruptcy. All right, good for the studio. All right, yeah, that sounds very profitable. You know, they made a very cheap, low-budget movie, and it performed like every other Elvis movie, mm -hmm. you know? Critical reviews mixed to negative. We'll get to mm. our thoughts in a little bit. It's featured in the movie The Man Who Fell to Earth in oh, 1976. Oh, cool, with Bowie. It's on Newton's TV in the Lake House. So this movie, well, they're watching well, this movie. okay, he's like watching... A wall of television. Well, so one of these, so one of those like, TVs has this on. I don't know if it's in the lake house. I think that's in the apartment, but that's cool. I want to rewatch it. That would be a fun movie to watch just for that scene. That movie's awesome. So for the first and only time in an Elvis movie, the soundtrack had no new material hmm. using album cuts as far back as 1960. Some of these Whoa. were overdubbed for the film. So it was so, so the songs were re-released as an EP here and two EPs in the UK. But all the songs are originally recorded between 60 and 63, and it all had been released already. But he re-recorded vocals? I think he just dubbed over it for the, for the movie release. So he didn't re-record mm. songs in the studio, but I think like on set, they just like dubbed over. At, oh, at I hear what you say. They probably had the backing track, and he was doing his thing. So the EP, Wait, when it was released here, only hit number 70, and that was terrible. Well, it was old songs, right? So Because they're saying that it was a format's lack of appeal. Like Nobody gave a shit about EPs anymore by the mid-60s. Oh, that too. And also... 
everybody owned these songs already. We must put it on the eight track. Is that what they called it? The eight track? The eight track is like the little cassette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the future. <laughs> and then it was the soundtrack of the EP was re-released in 2005 in a deluxe two disc CD collection with the original EP and numerous alternate takes in the original recording session. So if you want like a mm. deluxe version of this, but again, okay. I don't love the songs in this. I, I think they're fine. I I actually dug them, and now you I did. understand why. Because they're old songs. Like they yeah. they have that old Elvis vibe to them, most of them, you know. And they have that really great reverb on some of them that True. they probably you know tried to filter out at that time to make them sound cleaner. And like it's just a different sound than Elvis was recording at at the time. Uh, compared to like the last couple of movies. So I really, I dug that about it. I didn't know that they, I didn't know they were old. I didn't really, I recognized one or two of them, but I just haven't gone that deep yet with all of his music. So I was kind of fine with it. I, I felt like there were less songs in this movie. There are, they're definitely. They, by a mile. Right? And they also like use most of them. Cause you know, the way that I take notes in these is that I copy the soundtrack from IMTB and I put it in. And so they, they usually go in order, right? In the first like 45 minutes, there's like seven or eight of the nine songs. <laughs> and I'm like, there's so much movie left and there's one song. Well, and then like all of a sudden there's like two minutes left and there's still this, there's still no song. And I'm just like, where is the song? <laughs> and then it's, you know, over the closing credits basically when he like drives off after they get married. Spoiler. Uh, like married. I, I can't wait till we rate how well they're worked into the movie because it's horrible. Like it's like, wait, what's going on over there? Elvis is in the middle of singing the oh, song. Well, let's go listen. And it's like, wait. What? <laughs> so what I think is funny about the way that we're doing this podcast is that we're doing all of his movies. We're doing all the songs in his movies. But he's putting out like actual albums of songs that are not movies that we are paying no mind to. I know. It's, Which is fine. It's okay. It's That's a different show. It's a, yeah. I still listen to a bunch of as much as I can. I'm getting way more into like his music for sure. Good. So the movie starts with It's a Long Lonely Highway. In parentheses, it's a, so just sometimes called Long Lonely Highway. With Elvis singing out the window of a Greyhound bus. Yep. And what I loved, what I thought was very, very funny about this, is that he gets off that bus, guitar in hand, and just like, this guy plays guitar. It's just like, <laughs> okay, cool. We got that established immediately. Yeah, he gets stood up. I don't think we ever find out by who. Well, there's the guy who would promise to give him a job, right? There's mm-hmm. just some guy, and oh. he's just out of town. He's just not around. So, like, from this first shot of him, like, fumbling with his gear, getting mm-hmm. it, it's like, that's how I was like, okay, this is like one take, one and done. We're going, otherwise, like, it's just so un- unnatural. It's just like, that guy doesn't play guitar. Look how he's holding it kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. He gets out with the guitar and a horse saddle, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has other stuff. Mm, I thought he had a bag. He Maybe might. I was thinking of another, another moment. Anyway. But he goes inside this building, and he's just like, I'm looking for this guy. They're like, oh, yeah, he left. And he'll just like, oh, God damn <laughs> And then he's like, what's the, he's like, I do rodeo too. He sees the poster, poster but it's Mm -hmm. not rodeo season. So he needs, he needs spare work. And this is, this is where I knew I was going to love this movie because we talk about this all the time. He's like, oh, well, like, I guess I'll be a rock star until the rodeo. You know, I guess I'll go sing music because that's what I'm good at. But he says it in such like a, oh man, I got to do this shit again. (laughs) Well, because the sheriff is just like, you know what you got to do. Like, like nods at the guitar and I'll just like. All right, so we smash cut to him playing with a full band at a restaurant. Yep. Ladies spooning, playing the song, It Feels So Right. I feel like it's a month and a half, two months later. But in the movie, literally the next thing we say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash cut right to We're going to get some nice wipes in this, some, some like classic wipes. 
So this is where he gets into fight number one of either five or six. He, he this is his thing. Like he'll sing to your date. He yeah. sings to the dude. I mean, it's a riot. Like I feel like we're getting uh, again sort of a greatest hits to a degree, um, which could be problematic at points when it comes to certain franchises and stuff that like they expect to see certain things and it it, it kind of like weighs it down. It happens with Bond. I feel a lot. Like I can't believe it, but like. Elvis movies kind of feel like Bond movies in that way where mm. they're like, you know, he's got to do this, this and this, but yep. then he can, he can go do something else for an hour. And like, you know, as long as he hits these bullet holes and one of them for Elvis is getting in a bar brawl, like yeah. starting a fight. Well, so one of the things, it's a quote that we had talked about in an earlier one, but this is another movie where people are just like, why do they even name these? Why don't they just do the numbers? Like, it just feels like this is an mm. Elvis paint by numbers kind of thing where it's like, he's doing X, Y, and Z. And then it becomes like something else. But like a lot of this movie, just like, got to get in a fight, got to play guitar. Lady's got to swoon. Boyfriend gets mad. It's just like, okay. But what I appreciate is but like, they do get that out of late early. Yeah. It's, it's, this is it. It's done. The lady sees it and is like, I could hire you. Like, work on my ranch. And I love how excited he is about, all right, I get to do, like, ranch. I'll probably do a cattle drive. Like, this is going to rock. He's like, I never had a lady boss before. She's like, is that a problem? He's like, no. Just just, <laughs> just, saying, just saying a fact. <laughs> just talking. So then they go out to the ranch. Huh. And ranch is, like, heavily in quotes because it's basically a resort, right? And yeah. Vera describes it as, quote, a guest ranch for actresses, models, career women. We help the girls get in shape. To which Elvis says... Well, you've done a real good job. Because it's, it's just 30 beautiful women. Yeah. And like, I don't... Okay, here's here's hmm. my logistical issue. Not with the movie. Right. But with the, ha the, the, the hiring. Why would you ever hire a dude? Like, that's only going to cause trouble. And he's not the only dude I know. there. I know. Uh, we'll talk about the other guys when we get there. But it's not that she hires a guy. It's that she hires Elvis. Yes. Who's like hotter than all the yeah. people he's like the hottest guy the, the person just human there because what this ranch is is wealthy men are disgusted by their slightly overweight wives which wait none of these women are overweight but like they describe everything in metrics in bust size yes hip size, measurements waist size right which isn't the first movie to do that no <laughs> and so they pay vera and this ranch to starve and exercise these women down to a more societally acceptable figure. Okay. From what I glean, this is what Stanley, I thought this is what Stanley says when Elvis is like, what the hell's going on kind of the here? Sweet, good natured, kind of dopey, scaredy cat at the end. Yes. And he's hilarious. And what he said, I thought he said is like, we don't, they they come here looking one way and they leave here looking another. They might be singers or actresses or this. So it's like an ingenue kind of breeding we don't ground. See any of that? No. But and then he goes five hundred bucks a week a person, and I don't know where the money's coming from. They not paying for it. Who knows where some of this money's coming from? You know. So it's like it can be misconstrued as like a lot of dark well, stuff going on also, or it could be on the level but it, whatever it is it's like i can't wrap my head around the, it's so crazy in the middle of the movie we see an older couple probably in their 50s or 60s right a little overweight heavy set whatever you know not like not enormous but just like normal they are, they're, they're the fat cat you know they're embodying that whatever and they're there because they have given money to the ranch yeah investing we don't know 
who they are, mm-hmm. why they give money, mm-hmm. what their relationship is. Mm-hmm. They're just there to eat a lot of food in front of the girls who aren't allowed to eat food. And I'm like, none of this makes any sense. It's I don't mind it, but I'm just thinking about like from a because there's also at the like again toward the middle when Vera gets a call ostensibly from some man who's paying some woman to be there. And she's like, yeah, she lost three pounds. And then the guy's all angry. And she tells Elvis, yeah, he's mad that he paid $250 a pound. So this guy paid $750 for some woman to be there. It could be like a, to lose three pounds. So like, it could be like a producer or something. You ever mm-hmm. see LA confidential? Sure. It could be that. I mean, it's, that's why I, it's so weird. Like, I wish it was just a little more kind of like, um, like you see eight and is it, is it eight and a half where it's like, he's at the, he's, he's at the comparing this movie eight and a half. No, but like, you know how he goes to like, they call it a sanitarium, but he goes there to relax sure. and like get more ideas and like everybody's there and like they're yes. all at the big yes. spot. If yes. it was just more like that, if it was just sold a little more instead of being like, Oh, here's where we train them to, to do all this stuff so that they could go on and like, like be I'm big stars. Sure, I am sure that this type of place existed and still might to a certain extent, not as overtly like weight loss kind of thing. But like this place still, I'm sure exists to some, st- but like it, <laughs> it feels so outdated in a way that just like, cause the, the Castillo is just like, they come in 40, 36, 38 and they leave and then he gets the numbers wrong, but just like they leave but like, okay. Does he get the numbers wrong? Because I well, thought no, it no, was- he does because like he says like, a yeah, bigger but, stomach but, okay. than hips or whatever. He, I think he embellished the. I think the breast no, size the num- enlarged well, mm. in his, and that's why Elvis was like thirty eight. So like, because I think it's like, it's not just a, if it was just like a, a, a weight loss spa, that would have been fine. But it feels like they're also getting like plastic surgery and other things. We don't see it, but no. it, but that guy definitely implies it. It feels like that we should see them singing or dancing or getting like Miss Manners or something. Like should be like this whole like home for girls. We've seen one exercise routine when Elvis shows up oh and then I think they go horseback riding. So the exercise routine, I'm going to film my, I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I meant to film the screen while I was watching and send it to one of my yoga teachers because I'm like, Okay. This is such poor form because like all these women, like it's, it's the whole like bend it's not like still like Lily Blonde does like the whole like bend down and like yeah, look yeah. and snap back up. And like, it is such like their arch, their backs are so arch. I'm like, this is so, such terrible form, but like they look good and Elvis is in love with all of them. But it's just like, this is, if you're trying to be healthy, not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. So losing, losing points there as well, uh, you know, concerning it just being like good for your health. Yes. So. So he meets two people here, right? He meets Brad, who's a swimming instructor, and he fights with Brad because Brad's the other. Like he was, he's Brad the alpha was the male. alpha until yeah. Elvis gets there, right? And I can't tell if he's mad because he's in love with, he's Pam? in love with the owner, right? He's in love Is with Brad. In love with I thought he was Vera? in love with Vera, but he's not. But I don't. He's just mad at Elvis because like. There's another guy there, and I guess he thinks he's going to mess with it all the girls. It doesn't seem like Brad is in a relationship with any of them. I think okay. he just likes the idea that, like, the girls are going to be smitten with him. Okay, okay, okay. Because it seems it, like mm, other, been, than, so other than the employees, it feels like the girls are only there for, like, a week or two. Oh, see, that is hard to gauge, you know, how long this movie takes. Because he leaves at one point to try to rodeo and he can't and he comes back you know and it feels like oh he's been gone for at least like a month or so all the girls remember him they're like he's back he's back or maybe they heard stories i have no idea maybe they heard yeah (laughs) he also meets pam who's doing like the stretching bending whatever and he's in love with her kind of although not really oh yeah but they do have a nice meet cute where he like 
she's bent over looking through her legs and he sees her and then he like falls into a beach chair and like a, ta- a he falls set into yeah, and the, the whole umbrella and then it all falls over. Good Elvis stunt. Uh-huh. That was good on him. Yeah, and then he, and then he meets Stanley who gives him like what we're saying. He like gives him the lay of the land. Like this right. is what we do. Yeah. This is how it operates. Here's who you should talk to. Here's who you shouldn't talk to. All that sort of stuff. Right. And it would seem like those are it. That's just those three guys. Right. It's but three staff members. But conveniently, there's a male chef. There's a male somebody else. There's another there's another somebody else. And they're all people who come back at the end of the movie and we're like, oh, because like I think well, the movie the movie makes okay, so there's a whole subplot <laughs> where Pam's grandfather We're almost there. Was very wealthy. Yes. And he hid a hundred thousand dollars in the desert. Right. And somehow, in a movie where Elvis gets a job at a dude ranch for women, as we learn in the tagline, and he's around all these women who are like sexually and food starved right, right like right. all should be like well, hot for him yeah they're like the uh, kitty hawks basically i wrote down kitty, when, when dinner is served they <laughs> kitty hawk the, the dinner table <laughs> but this is like this is like a, a can't miss premise for an elvis movie right like right 30 women who are trying this to look good yeah all around and elvis is like basically the only dude this is it that's the movie and the movie's like uh-uh. hold on what if <laughs> the one girl was going out to the old west in a ghost town and trying to find money. Joey, I thought I fell asleep and like woke up like five, ten minutes later and missed very pivotal stuff. No. The movie just like, we're a different movie now. The movie just goes, oh, we've been following Elvis up until this point until we meet this girl. Now we're going to follow this girl. It's her movie. And like, it's an interesting story. It's not an Elvis movie. It's not not, this movie. It's not this Elvis Mm -mm. movie. I would watch in a heartbeat uh, Elvis helping being hired by this girl to go out to a ghost town yep. and find her grandpappy's gold or whatever it is, mm-hmm. okay, and and be her protector. And then you go through all the haunted house hijinks yes. and all that. You meet an old prospector. You you know you pull off the mask. You do all that. That's we got two movies here that have less to do with each other than I can even imagine. Just being like jammed like forced together and it's it's like unbelievable to watch it unfold because it's just like you never know it's going there because we learn about pam and her like grandfather's money and we see her go out on her own without elvis and i'm like why are we doing this yeah and then she comes back and then we'll get to it but she gets like attacked Uh and then kidnapped so twice two attempted kidnappings and i think the movie is trying to make you think it's brad or at least he's like the mastermind. Right. Yeah. After, so this is when like conveniently, like after the first guy, Elvis can't fight him off. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but Elvis can't fight him off. It's like, he was kind of a big guy, you know? And then, yeah. and then in the next scene, like this, this dude hand, this dude shows up and he's like a big dude. And he's talking mm-hmm. to him. Uh, Cause the other guy's investigating. And it's like, where, where was this guy the whole movie? Obviously he's, he's, he's the, the guy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love that about the movie though. So before we get there, though, uh, yeah. there's dinner being served, and all these uh, women are like flirting with Elvis to get meat, but not uh, like meat as steak. like, but like literal meat. The line of like, um, if you can give me a bigger steak, like I'll make it worth your while. Yeah, I mean you can't really misconstrue that. Pretty good. <laughs> and he's trying to have dinner with Pam, and Pam's like, no. Nah. So instead, he 
finds one girl who's just there to lose weight or whatever. And he's like, let's go sit over where I was going to sing or sit with Pam. And I'm going to sing such an easy question. Again, such an in parentheses, just easy question. And he starts singing her. And then all the girls are like, oh, my God. Yeah. We're in love. And they all go over there. And then basically, as soon as he starts singing, they all swarm him again. But now, yeah. not for the meat, but for the Elvis. Yeah, because... He knows it. He like, you know, he's got a, he's got that great voice and yep. it's going to happen. He's putting on a free concert. Was it, I can't remember if it was this or later in the movie where the the song starts and the sync is kind of off. And I thought, I thought Elvis was just kind of like talking to the girl as they were walking by and that she was imagining Elvis singing in her head. Well, we get to a whole voiceover thing later, which we got to talk about. Oh, that is, when he reads that dude's mind. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, so the next song after this is like a couple minutes later, there's Dirty, Dirty Feeling, which I don't think is the song you're talking about, but it sounds like Elvis is playing a song over a loudspeaker. That Yeah, that happens like once or twice. And I was just like, this can't possibly be. But he's just like got like a pitchfork and he's like forking hay and just singing loud enough for everyone once again to be like, the handsome guy is singing. Yeah, stop we what, need to go to him. Stop what you're doing. You know what it could have been too is that like it could have done like an American graffiti thing where they like played the music on set. Mm-hmm. You know, since it was already pre-recorded and all that, yeah. they probably just played it on set and it captured like the echo of the soundstage because it wasn't padded correctly or something or other or anything like that. But uh, I I love just that like, you know, we're following. Is it Pam? It's Pam, right? Pam is the one he's in love with, the fitness instructor. We're following Pam, and she's, like, talking to the ranch owner. It's like, oh, why does Elvis have to work here or this or that or the other thing? And, like, people are relaxing and stuff. And then all of a sudden it is, it's like, what's that noise? Mm-hmm. It's like, is he singing again? And then, then it's, like, mid-song. And it's yeah. like, he's just singing as he works, and he can't get his work done now because he's too good at singing, and he attracts all the attention. That That's just so wild. What I love about this song is that... He basically has a duet with a horse who sings the one line gone, but they cut to a horse who like opens his mouth. Straight up Mr. Ed style. Sings a line. And no one's like, that horse just sing. There's like, totally normal. That didn't occur to me. It's true. Is everyone's just like, yeah, our horses talk in this universe, you know? So while all the girls are in love with Elvis, all the employees are like, this is a bad idea. We got to stop this. This I don't know how any of us are going to get work done. It's true. I mean, she should have. She. I have a feeling they hired her just because uh, hired Elvis. Just like not that he's not capable. He's more than capable, and he needs the money and all that. And but like, you know, I think he's not, he's not bad to because look at. she wants to sleep with him. Well, we get to that. Doesn't really become a plot point until he and Pam hit it off. Until it needs to be right. Yeah. Exactly. And it totally doesn't need to be because we'll get there. So then Elvis decides. I'm going to leave these bending exercises. It feels like this is the part of the movie where Elvis is just like, I have so many options. I don't know who I'm in love with. Maybe I'm in love with multiple people. I don't know. What am just saying? <laughs> and so he's leading the bending instru- the bending exercises. And then Pam's just like, guy, stop it. Th- this is my job. He does a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Like he teaches the archery after. He teaches like the, um, he does the horseback riding and stuff. So like, yeah, like it's crazy how capable he is. I mean, he's a jack of all trades. And it's around this time where, like, Elvis is trying different things, figuring out, like, what he's good at, what he should, like, what role he should play, that Vera's like, you got to stop singing. The singing is sending the girls into, quote, a tizzy. A just tizzy. like we gotta She's like, you can sing. Got to pick your moments. Yeah. You can't just be singing. Yeah. Do it off the ranch, maybe. She's like, the issue 
is these girls are going to hate each other because they're all going to be in love with you and they're going to be fighting. You can't, you can't do this. I, mean, I, have, I have the perfect idea is like make him the singing instructor. That way they'll all learn to have that uh -huh. voice, all that. Make him the dance instructor mm -hmm. too. He's an amazing dancer. But I don't think this ranch is teaching these girls marketable skills. I think it's just weight loss and exercise. And Diet that's and why exercise. I think like I can't get it out of my head. Like I think I feel like I'm misunderstood from the jump like what this wasn't just a diet ranch because like I, I you know what I'm saying like I just felt like they were coming here to learn like all these different trades and, and then go I on think they are. to I mean, be they models be, and but Hollywood. there's nothing to prove that you're right you're right I have to rewatch it with the different eyes now <laughs> so then there's the point where Pam gets attacked for the first time there's just a guy who looks like a bandito yeah all Great. in black yeah in her um, bungalow it's very sort of res reminiscent of like actual um, like low budget horror at the time. Like it looks a lot like some of the Corman stuff. Almost um, what was it? Omega Man? Did you ever see Omega Man? Because mm -hmm. oh, okay, all the bad guys basically wear like cloaks and sunglasses. Okay. Um, but anyway, I was kind of like, where are we going with this? And he's like, I need that letter that your grandfather wrote. And I'm like, what are we doing? Okay, sure, <laughs> letter. Okay. And so then Elvis hears her shouting, and he comes in and for the first time and not the last time pam bonks him she's like trying yeah. to help him and she hits him and the guy runs off elvis with his judo mm -hmm. judo chop judo throw he has him on the ropes and then she bonks him on the head so and he gets away elvis fight number two yeah and, and we'll have some more then a cop shows him and he's just like you asked for trouble mm -hmm. it's your grandfather who had the money she's like how is this my fault We'll find out that cop is dirty. For sure. And she's, quote, talking too much. But this point, where I'm just like, hold on. We haven't heard anything about this. this How is she movie, talking too much? This movie is about a secondary or tertiary at this point character whose grandfather, who we don't know, <laughs> hid mummy mm -hmm. in the desert <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. And that's what this movie's about. Now it is. Okay. Now for the rest of the movie. This is half an hour into the movie. It's like we're pivoting. So this is that, and that is uh, like screenwriting 101. You get your inciting incidents and everything by the half an hour, by the end of that first act, we're off. I don't usually think the break into two is like, all right, we're breaking into a totally different movie, but like that's what we're doing here. <laughs> it feels, I don't know if you watched a lot of Gumby as a kid, but like, you know, you used to just skate in and out of different books and sure. stuff. It feels like that. It feels like we're in a whole different movie now. And it's, it, we went from... The, the exercise movie, and now we're in the the, the Western mm -hmm. for now. Yep. So then Elvis gets into this third fight of the movie with the big oaf who just shows up out of nowhere. And this guy is pissed because, like, Elvis throws, like, dirty horse water on him. Oh, I thought that was the same. I thought that wasn't is that the Brad? same. I thought that was Brad. It might be Brad. Yeah, I think he tries to help Brad. And then he, like, actually, he throws the water. He's like, here, throw it on me. I don't care. And then they get into a big fist fight. And Elvis easily wins again. Elvis... Gets in six fights in this movie and wins all six. Judo. And someone's just like, oh, my God, can you believe that Brad has all those muscles and, like, <laughs> lost the fight? And someone says, quote, it's not just the muscles, honey. You got to know what to uh, do with them. Yep. Not kidding. Elvis knew what to do. So then Pam is like, I got to go find that money. And Elvis is like, well, I'll be, like, your bodyguard. Or No, wait. No, he he meets her there, right? Yeah, he follows yeah, her yeah, He there. follows. He's like, she's up to something fishy. What's that about? And... She says it's a ghost town with real ghosts, which no, there's no real ghosts. I wish it'd be so good. 
that's why this needed to be its own movie is because then you can build to the yep. point where you could actually have her grandfather's ghost show where the money yes. is. So then they're out alone in this ghost town and they're like, imagine what oh this could have been. Oh my God. And we flash back to like Deadwood times and it's like a Wild West poker days and she's like a burlesque girl kind of. Like she's like a fan, like got a fancy dress on. And yeah, just like she's, a showgirl she's, kind of thing she's, in like Old West. She works there. And Elvis is the panhandle kid. Oh, my God. Who loves milk. He is. He's the fastest draw in the West. He's, he loves his milk. Like this was this was so this is the first time we've done this in Elvis movie. A flash, like, like a different character. So I was Elvis plays. We've become the, obsessed with the twins thing. Yeah. And this is a double role. It's not twins, but it's a double yeah, role. Right. I loved this because the whole time we were getting more and more old West and we get to a ghost town. I was like, man, I wish we could see Elvis is like in a real Western and we get like a we, sequence. We get like five or 10 minutes. We because get, like, yeah, we get that. And it's like the greatest hits is like, all right, you want poker, you want bartending, uh -huh. you want a draw, like a quick draw and you yep. want a song. Okay. You got it all. You got it. Dude, that was wild. Yeah. You want product placement for a band aid? I also love how he's seeing yeah, right. We whips yeah, out we, a band-aid. Let's, let's, let's not skip over that. He like and it's like a close-up of the camera on a band-aid. Like band-aid brand band-aid. Were they new at the time? I don't know. Um also, just to like break reality even more, he's singing rock and roll in the eighteen hundreds. He sings the song Put the Blame on Me in the but flashback after wins the duel. But he could have easily sung like he's been in Westerns. Like and he's also, been in they're reusing old songs. Right. to pick from. <laughs> Just incredible. I also love how 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 half-heartedly like his character plays guitar. He'll like start playing, but since there's like no except for that first uh time in the beginning of the movie, there's no other backing band around. Like he doesn't he's not hanging with his band. Um, he'll just strum a little bit and then he'll just like hand the guitar off or like put it down. Well, no, 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 no. Here he's using the guitar as a machine gun. Well, that's a little remember. different. That's a little different. Where he like strums it and then like just like Okay. There's a little El Mariachi action on that. But again, this is like 100 years ago, right? So, <laughs> Well, it's Wild Wild West, so, you know, it's steampunk action. It's oh, Jim West, okay. Desperado. Okay. So then they get they flash back to modern day, and he's about to kiss Pam, and then a donkey brays, and they're just like... <clears throat> All right, that, that spoils the mood. And then this one, the Dabneys show up to the ranch. Luau. They have like a luau? And they get a big chicken... And a girl takes a mini pitchfork. Oh, man, that whole bit there. And steals the chicken. That's the same one that wanted the big meat. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's her through line. And then after getting the chicken, she then stabs Mrs. Dabney in the butt with the pitchfork. Trying to get the other chicken. Yeah. Is she? Yeah, that was the whole bit going on is that she was going to steal their chickens without them knowing what they notice immediately. Because she Homer Simpsons her way through a bush. <laughs> she does. But to steal money instead of sinking back into it. Or steal, steal chicken, not steal, 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 steal chicken, the food. instead of like shrinking back into the bush. Yeah. So that that was just a little sidebar, I feel. It's funny. But again, you know, different movie, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. So then we sing, Elvis sings a song, I'm Yours, with the house band, kind of, to distract from those antics. Like, there's just like people, like, he, he has again here, there's like people at the ranch who are his backing band. So he sings with them. Okay. This is the song I'm Yours. And as the song ends, Pam gets kidnapped by two bandits. Yeah, that is brazen. They just snatch her at the luau. 
Yeah. And again, with the bandanas around their face, mm-hmm. like really not like. And it seems like they're going to drag her out to the desert to be like, show us where the money is. Yeah. It's like we have a shallow grave ready for you. Um, but E to the rescue. I mean, everyone hears this, you know, yeah. and everybody sees this and it's a miracle these guys get away. Well, they get away because, of course, this is fight number four. Elba's winning this fight. He knocks one guy out. He's fighting the other guy. And then Pam accidentally kicks Elvis in the leg. Yes. And that so throws him off his game that it lets both banditos get away. We actually follow them for a minute, right? Like out into the desert. They're driving around. They get pulled over. And we're like, oh, they're going to get caught. And the sheriff is like... You numbskulls, you screwed it up. I made it so easy for you. Well, I was it's not like, the sheriff. Oh. It's, it's maybe his deputy, because he's like, the sh- I got the sheriff out of town. This was supposed to be the time. How'd you screw this up? Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're getting conspiracy here. Yeah. And I was like, cool, maybe we'll pick up on this thread now. And we'll get a couple uh, scenes from the sides of like all the bad guys conspiring against Elvis. Nope. And every- <laughs> nope. So then Elvis and Pam read the grandpa's letter. And the letter explicitly is like, the money is in the wall. And they're like, cool, the money's in the wall. And what does that mean? Put that in the back pocket. Just let's let's just table that for now. But like the map too, with like the arrow, you are here and the wall is here. And then like the money is there. But they know from this map, a literal treasure map in a letter from her grandfather, the money is in the wall. Okay. Just Elvis once again with Hay singing the song Knight Rider. I love this song. Well, love is strong. I think this might be one of my my favorite songs in the movie, though. And they're just out there maybe for fun. I don't know. But this is where Vera is like, okay, so now that Elvis and Pam are in a relationship, in a thing, I've got to jump in here and I've got to blow this shit up. Like, i got to inject a love triangle into this movie where there wasn't one because we need to have a love triangle. And so Vera then kisses him and Pam walks in. And gets all pissed. Rightfully so. But it's like, Vera at no point in the first hour of the movie was like, I'm in love with Elvis. Yeah. And now as soon as Pam and Elvis have a thing going, Vera is like, no, 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 no. He's my guy. I I think it was kind of like she needs, she wants him to stay, right? And maybe it was like, oh, I'll give him a little sugar on the side. Maybe that'll Mm. sweeten the deal, you know? And uh, he was kind of trying to say like, I'm getting it from somewhere else or whatever and then she's like well you know one for the road or like maybe try this last like one last try i don't know exactly because it is a very uh like clunky and like it just it's just there to check off that box of the love triangle yes and annoying it would have been so much more fun if they actually got along uh elvis and pam for the rest of the movie i mean not much occurs that is like you know, sort of feud worthy. Well, he like immediately tries to win her back over and yeah. she's like, no, 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 we're done. And won't even listen to reason. And did the, you know, the other person should have actually gone and explained like what was going on. But So he sings um, to, to Pam, I feel that I've known you forever. And here's the problem with this song. Okay. She's in her house. She's already uh, attempted kidnapping twice by her. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of them snuck into her house. Yes. Windows wide open. Wide open. Wide open. No Elvis screen. goes window to window and she slams him. And I understand you want that's the gag is like yep. slam the windows in his face, but then like have this happen before she tries to get kidnapped from her own house or something. I, it's just like those walls should be locked. Like there should be 
guys, like the few men on the ranch should have guns. Yep. Like they should be following this. So she's like, I'm done. We're an hour into the movie now. Yep. There's only one song left, which is in the closing credits. So the next half hour of the movie, no music. Yeah, it's just going to be a regular movie. And Elvis is like, okay, so the girl that I've chosen that I'm in love with hates my guts. Mm-hmm. Good time. It's rodeo season. Right. I'll go do that. Back to rodeo time. And I love this is a fun montage, actually, when they're like, all right, like the world's greatest rodeo. I'm like, really? Yeah. He hasn't been boasted about that. And if that's true, why does he need like extra cash on the side off season? Well, like, I mean, I, I don't know. That's a good question. He should be a star. Maybe he he's bad with money. He could be bad with money, but it doesn't seem like anyone recognized him. So the announcer's like the one, the only Lonnie. Yeah. Yeah. But then he sees the announcer become Pam. Yes. And immediately gets thrown off his horse. Yep. And or the then bull. Or the bull. Yeah. And then four times in a row, three or four times in a row, he keeps introducing Elvis. A little less excited each time because yeah. he's like, this guy used to be great. He keeps getting bucked <laughs> off. <laughs> By the end, he's like, it's just Lonnie. And each time, it's the same thing. Like Elvis. And I, what I, what I appreciate about this is they don't even try to edit this in a way that you believe that Elvis is on a horse <laughs> or on a bull. I feel like there was one insert of a close-up of E with the camera low and him just kind of like with his arm towards it going like, whoa. Because most of it is Elvis from like belly button up, not an animal to be seen. Mm -hmm. And then like a really far away shot from the back of a different dude on a bowl. Oh, yeah. They just matched their stock footage with his wardrobe. Which I don't blame them for not wanting to put Elvis on a bowl. But like maybe don't have this as a plot point if this is how it's going to look. Especially since it served... Nothing really, right? Like he, he's it could be just any goes job. right back to her. Well, that's the thing too, is like why why couldn't he just be a guy looking to work on like a ranch and then this is the twist, like it's not your ordinary dude ranch, you know? It's a dude ranch for girls. <laughs> it's a dudette ranch. So then I think this might be a first in the Elvis movie. Pam, a couple minutes later, imagines a reprise. Like she hears Elvis singing to her again, but he's doing rodeo stuff he's not around but he she hears him singing yes she's like maybe i am in love with him what is this like elvis singing in people's heads and things like this was another like remember we had just had we heard inside of elvis's head and he was singing to himself mm -hmm. at some points other people hear elvis in their heads mm -hmm. and i love that aspect of of like trying to sneak songs in one way or the other it's like well let's just have it be what they're thinking so elvis then comes back to the ranch Yes. And Stanley's like, why haven't you tried to get back with Pam? And Elvis is like, dude. He's like, where have you been? I call her every day. She hangs up. He's like, you could have written. <laughs> Elvis holds up a letter. He's like, what do you think this is? A ham sandwich? <laughs> See? Return to sender. And like, that's a big Elvis song. Return to sender. One of my favorite Elvis songs. Do, do, do. Stanley's just like, should have tried harder. <laughs> Oh, brother. I mean, I understand Stanley wants to help Elvis, but sometimes I just wonder. <laughs> there could have been so many other ways to get her to be angry at Elvis. You know what I mean? Like, But they only that's have the... one idea. She's yeah. in love, and she is just whoever the woman is in any movie. He kisses someone else. It could have been the, the thing that, like, he accidentally tells the, like, wrong person about the letter the dad's letter, the granddad's letter, and that's why people are starting to kidnap her. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that guy was going to kidnap you. 
So Pam heads back out to the desert because she's like, I got to find this money. Yeah. And Stanley and Elvis follow him. Uh, there follow isn't, her. there isn't, she doesn't have like a stake in the ranch, right? Like it could have been. No, it, I think she's just an employee. Yeah. So it's not like, it would have been cool to add that extra, um, like maybe she is the, she runs the ranch and like she needs the money to keep it going. No, but she's just like. I she works it. there. It doesn't even seem like she wants the money. It feels like she she's just doesn't doing want, it out of obligation. She doesn't want other people to find the money. Correct, because it's her grandfather's money, right? But it's not like she needs the money. Like, there's nothing in the story that suggests, like, she's going to get fired. She has nope. no place to live. Correct. Like, any of that. So they follow her out in a second car, and we hear her voiceover, and she calls Elvis a prairie gigolo. And I'm like, that's a pretty that's good. Accurate. That's pretty good. Yeah. So then Elvis has a whole thing about like how he's like, you know, kind of in love with Pam, whatever, following her out there, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Stanley has a thing, whatever. All in voiceover, all their thinking thoughts driving down this highway. And then Elvis, after hearing Stanley's thoughts, turns and goes, that's right. <laughs> I uh, I had to rewind it to be sure. Oh, yeah. That he wasn't actually talking to nope. Elvis when that happened. And uh, that is it's incredible. wonderful. Elvis, I mean, that's the movie. Like Elvis. All right. Elvis is in the rodeo. He gets thrown from his bull in the beginning of the movie. He hits his head. And now he can hear what women want. Mm -hmm. That Mel Gibson movie. Mm -hmm. Women want. Do that. with. Why didn't they do that with Elvis? That would have been perfect, perfectly on brand for this type of situation comedy. Mike, if we've learned one thing from this podcast is that these people making these movies are not good at making these movies. I keep forgetting they're that not they're not marketing them. They're not making movies. They're making a product. And I'm not saying the movies are bad. I'm just saying that they are not creative no. in any way. Some of the movies, look, the movies are creative. The cre the creators are not creative. I love these movies. Some of them are bad. Some of them are amazing. This one's not good, but it's fun. Yeah. I think it's one of I think objectively one of the worst movies we've done so far, but it's but it, we're having fun. It's, a it's, that's the, it's very out of control. Like I just, and that's the thing is like what you said is what makes it so interesting is like these people don't know they're making a movie. They're just trying to make an Elvis product. They're like they could it could be like, you know, they probably saw it and they're like, why isn't it animated? <laughs> or like, what did you you know? I don't know. It's a, it's just like a, it feels like a lot of committee kind of stuff, right? It's a lot. We're watching a lot of giraffes as as horses on screen and i'm not saying that's bad in this context mm -hmm. in elvis movies that's fine but like i don't you know i want integrity other places so they all get out of this ghost town and they're like how do we keep them out here oh it starts raining not really an excuse the top of her car <laughs> is down which apparently ruins her engine and then Elvis is like, well, we're not stuck here, but she's stuck here, so I'm going to pretend we're stuck here. And Stan is like, well, we could just drive home. He's like, no, when one car is wet, every car is wet. And he's like, oh, right. It's like, what are you talking about? This is just, just gibberish. He should, I love have, it. he should have been like, Stanley went to go get help. I'll mm -hmm. stay here with you. Yep. So she's there. they say, the men say, we're going to go inside. And she's like, I'm not. And Elvis says to her, well, goodbye, dum-dum. <laughs> So she and, comes and, and he's delivering these lines like, well, goodbye, dum-dum. Like, he's just, like, burning through mm -hmm. a lot of these lines, yep. you know? It's just, like, can't wait to, to get off screen for some reason. So they go in this hotel, which is still, like, clean but abandoned because the entire town's a ghost town. But, like, electricity works. Uh, there's not dust everywhere. <laughs> and there are wax statues. Yeah. 
all over the place. So, okay, which raised, which raises the question, like, this is a functioning ghost town. It's like... I don't think it is. But isn't there a shot earlier where she goes there for the first time and there's, like, other people walking around outside? Isn't it, like, kind of like a... Are those the ghosts? No. I thought I saw, like, cars and stuff in one shot, maybe. I don't think... There's no reason why it's abandoned, but I don't think it's used. I think so it's, it's just... it's not like, um, you know, like in Nope, how they have like that theme park. It's like not a theme park or anything like the Wild West Ghost I don't Town. Think so. Come I think down with the kids. I have think it some used to be popcorn. a town. Yeah, well, definitely. That was left because life moved on, but there's still electricity. I don't understand. And still like maintained, but there's yeah. nobody around. Like there's no one else in this hotel. No. But it is sort of like, um, like a like a museum. Like so, it feels like a, an attraction, like a wax museum or something like that, right? Because they have like those those mannequins that are all dressed up and everything, and you just expect like there to be more behind this. That it's a tourist attraction, but it's not. So because if it was, it'd have been renovated by now, and they would have found the gold. So this is where the movie gets the craziest it gets. But I'm disappointed because, like I said before, Elvis can't look the fool. So Pam well, yeah. is freaking out. Like, at one point, her nightgown gets stuck in the chest, and she thinks it's oh, a that's ghost. Oh, that's kind of the worst. And, like, doors are slamming and windows are slamming. And Stanley is seeing actual people. He gets punched through a wall twice. Dude, the when he opens the door and sees the guy sitting there, that's a, genuinely scary. That's some Mario Bava shit. Like, that is... You mean like the guy who is all in white? Yeah. Not white face, but like no, white but like, face. Yeah, like he's a ghost. Curled up in a rocking chair. Yeah. That the scariest thing is later when Elvis opens the door and not only is he gone, but the rocking chair is gone. No, but the, he sees him at first. I know he does. And then, he and then he, that's the closest we get to scared Elvis when he's like, huh? Does the double take, opens the door, and he's gone. gone. And he's like, ah, I didn't think so. Like, I know that Elvis is not going to be, like, a scaredy cat on screen, but if Elvis was seeing ghosts, that would be so much fun. So here, but he's basically going back and forth. He's like, she's crazy. He's crazy. There's nothing here. I, I wish I want the, oh, man, like, what I love about these movies is how it makes me imagine these other movies that I wish were around and that, like, might exist somewhere out there in another dimension is, like... Another dimension? Another dimension. Elvis... And his girlfriend, like, have to, they, they inherit a house in a will. They stay there overnight. They inherit a million dollars, right? And it's this. It's like Elvis a ghost. in the house on Haunted Hill, right? Like yeah. It's, yes, yes mm-hmm. exactly, dude. Like, and that's what this starts to, that's what the possibilities are here. And it's just like, be its own movie. It would have been say, so much fun if it's its own. Again, I don't think this movie's great. I will say that this is way weirder. Like, okay, so I think we've mentioned growing up, but as I was growing up, my dad would watch some of these movies. He might have just only been watching Blue Hawaii. I don't know. But (laughs) it felt like to me, Elvis made 30 movies of him serenading women on the beach, right? Yeah, pretty much. Whatever. You tell me he's in a Scooby-Doo movie. (laughs) Like, it's not the version that is the ideal version, but the fact that this exists at all, amazing. And I'm starting to get into it because I have a, I'm settling in and I know we're going to be here till the end of the movie. And I know how this is all going to play out. And I got to be honest with you, like if this was the way, if this was it, like this is, they're doing it okay. It's not like the, the execution here is that bad. The masks 
feel a little cheap. All right, but the gimmick is sound. You know, you have them trying to scare the hell out of them well, to leave like, so that they could go look for the gold. What's, what's been set up is that there are two or maybe three. Well, there's, we know there's there's two bandits and a cop and the sheriff, and then maybe you know maybe there's another guy. Who knows, right? But like, mm-hmm. their whole thing is covering their face. So like, when there are wax statues in masks, like you can see what's coming, and then when they actually show up in masks, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So like, the yeah. movie has laid the groundwork to get to this insanely preposterous like where we are now but it tracks i mean it doesn't make sense that like the movie's suddenly about like finding a hundred thousand dollars that's been left there by a no. grandfather yeah. that makes no sense no he could have just run into someone on the street and helped them if that was their problem like that is the weird jump off that's the, the jump off is the weird point in all this but it uh, it's also starting to feel a little batman 66 like the the sort of the con the comedy it's feeling a little like the monkeys you ever watched the monkeys tv show Mm-mm, as a no. kid um nick at night blessed me with being able to see that or just nickelodeon and um definitely like that, that that scooby-doo vibe is a lot of fun when it plays out right and it's almost like elvis meets scooby-doo you know like that's the that's the state of mind that i was getting my head in yeah you know when they had like celebrity guests like mm-hmm. people you never knew it was like sunny and Cher meet scooby-doo mom who are they so while Elvis is kind of slowly falling in love, or not, they, he and Pam are kind of falling in love, like out of fear, right? Like he's, she's freaking out. He's like, just turn around and he's like, look chilling what's going her on. out. Yeah, protecting her. Stanley is going through it. He's getting chased oh out of God, his room. Yeah. He like thinks the ghost of Martin Woodruff, like her grandfather, is like chasing him out. Wish it really was. He sets up a trap vase that as soon as he does, I'm just like, he's gonna, it's, it's gonna, gonna hit him himself, fire. and it it, it does, it hits him. Uh, he's almost like a proto Ernest. In a way, mm. like I know they just kind of Scooby Doo, but it's also well, just like a slapsticky. He's very Jerry Lewis too, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that sense. Like that's the character, like Uncle Arthur from Bewitched. I can't remember the, the actor name. I tried to earlier in the show, <laughs> but um, like there's a whole slew I feel of uh, character actors that were portraying this role on television. Nothing, and I and I like it. This guy does a really good job with it. He's solid. Elvis then gets into another fight with the first guy and they really scooby-doo and they pull off the mask oh, for the first time they're yeah. like it's chef adolf which i mean first off the name okay but also who we don't know him but they know him and that's all that matters but that's not how movie works like when you movie like you have to set up stuff that gets paid off later you can't just be like movie says so this movie says movie says so there's also what we then get to is there is a door that says keep out. Oh, I love this bit. That Elvis opens the door and it opens over nothing. It's yeah, just, it's like a stunt door. It's a door to outside. Oh, I thought it was for like maybe a stunt. See, that's why I keep thinking this is like an amusement park because it feels like a ride. Well, it feels like the kind of thing in a movie where it's like uh, road closed, bridge out ahead. Yeah. But it doesn't say all that. It just says keep out. Yeah. It's very roadrunner. So Elvis opens this door and hangs onto the door as the guy who's chasing him down the hall falls yeah. out the like second and a half. It's not like really three stories, but like it's a pretty into big mud pit. Why have this door in the first place? I don't know. Let's say it was the old west. Uh-huh. Do you need a trap a trick door? Like it feels like a stunt spectacular show mm-hmm. was going on and the guy flips out the door or mm-hmm. something. It's just so hard to wrap my head around why there's just this door at the end of a hallway. But okay. Well, it's for this purpose, I think. Well, no, I mean, yes, yeah, specifically movie says so. So Elvis swings open, guy jumps out, Elvis swings closed. 
There's another guy all of a sudden down the Were- hallway. Werewolf mask. And he once again opens the door, slides out, and the guy also plummets into the yeah. mud pit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that worked twice. <laughs> Movie's like, hold on. You know we got the rule of threes. Third time's a charm. So then Stanley is like, Elvis, you did it. And then he opens the door and just walks out himself and doesn't fall in the mud pit, falls three stories down <laughs> into the sub basement, <laughs> surviving. Totally fine. He's dead. Like the other guys, broken bones, mm-hmm. you know, paralyzed. Stanley, RIP. Like this is a kill fall. Yes. But he's just like, ooh. Like he's basically got like the cartoon he, birds he, from his head. I wish he did because he literally gets up and he's like, uh, he's like Tej and not Tej. He's like uh, Roman in like Fast and Furious, like eight. He's like, I should be dead, but I'm like invincible. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like mm-hmm. brushing it off. He's like, did you see how far I fell, guys? Like, no, like actually. And that horse talked a couple scenes ago. Like, yep. are we getting this here? <laughs> so then Elvis and Pam go down to the basement and they find Martin Woodruff's suitcase. They're like, the money. It's been here all along. We never checked the basement. But let's remember, treasure map, money's in the wall. Mm-hmm. But they're like, suitcase, got it. <laughs> hey, it looks like a treasure chest. So when someone, when you know someone who is related to you has hit $100,000 and they literally draw you a map <laughs> pointing you to where it is and the map says it's in the wall, why do you believe Oh, it's in the suitcase. Because it looks like a treasure chest. <laughs> but it, no. I, so then Stanley's like, oh, you need to, you, let me just pull this thing off the wall and we can open the suitcase. Yeah, this crowbar that's mm-hmm. just sitting here very tight on the wall here. Yeah. And as he does it, it basically like Las Vegas jackpot. Slot machine style. Coins keep coming out. Yep. Gold coins, baby. And it takes them like 30 seconds to turn around to look at it. Let's just say too long. Too long. So then... My favorite line in the movie, as they're like, oh, we got it. We're rich. And the guys go to the mud pit. The sheriff shows up, whatever, right? I loved when the sheriff showed up because they're like, sheriff, you're here. And he's like, stick them up. And they're like, you asshole. Like, because Stanley's like, I've seen this in movies, but like, this can't happen in real life, yes, right? Yes, I love that. But my favorite line in the movie is when the sheriff and the guys are coming downstairs. And off screen... Elvis, I think it's Elvis, says, let's stack the money so we can count it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's coins. Why are you stacking coins? Just put it in a bag. <laughs> Why are you stacking it? They just need like you a know, reason stacks to be of down tens, there. You know. But I'm just oh. like, oh boy. Oh, by the way, I, I forgot my favorite line in the movie earlier when uh, all the chaos of her getting kidnapped the second time. Uh, and there's all this hustle and bustle and all the girls are like talking loud and, and, mm-hmm. and the one comes out, I was like, all right, all right, one at a time, one at a time, what happened? And Pam just goes, they tried to kidnap me. And it was just like, so like I stubbed my toe. She's normal about it. <laughs> so then the sheriff comes down, Elvis karate chops him. Number six. Judo chop. Judo chop. Pam finally, she, he's like, hold on. And he like spins around and, El- and Pam hits him. Finally oh, yeah, right finally guy. got it right. Yeah, but that was a fun gag. I'm glad that they got that together. And then Brad shows up with the guys in the mud pit. They're just like, these belong to you. It's like, oh, Brad was good the whole time. Yeah, we should have maybe like brought him in on this earlier and, you know, tried to get along. He's like, it was Jerry and Henry. We're like, who were Jerry and Henry? <laughs> Chef Adolf. Okay, if you say so. Mm-hmm. He's been, all right. Dude, the, my favorite thing at the end, though, is um, 
when he comes in at the end, he's got like a completely different personality. You know, he's like, anything I could do to help you yeah. boys. He and suddenly doesn't like, hate Elvis anymore. We hate each other. Yeah. So you're just you're just telling me movie said so this yes. whole time? Movie said so. <laughs> so then oh boy. there's like four minutes left. We're still missing a song. Of course, you go to a wedding. <laughs> oh my gosh! I uh, and yeah. I wasn't sure. I felt it. it in doesn't my bones. look like it doesn't look like it's Elvis's wedding. Like they're just like in the middle of people, and then Stanley's setting up the just married car. And I'm like, it's probably them. And then they get in, and I'm like, okay, it was them. But like, we don't see them get married. We see like the, the reception. Yes. So that's. I also I thought maybe it was like the engagement party or something because he says like something to the effect of that made me think they're not married yet. I also thought it might be like graduation from the ranch and like everyone gets, you know, like you've all lost no, the four jo pounds. Joey, they're there forever and ever. So and then ever. they get in the car, Stanley falls into a big bucket in the back. Oh, I love, I call that drive too. Off. Oh my God. And that's a good, that, that's a nice stunt of him. Whoever's doing that in the big wash bin that's tied to the car. And why did he tie the big wash bin to the car? You Don't need know. that Stanley. Yeah. And um, then, and they hold on that shot of them. It almost becomes like graduate level, like uncomfortable because no, of <laughs> but like so he's singing slowly but surely in their marital car, driving off into the future. And again, the way that she's looking at him, I'm just like, this is the most beautiful woman who's ever been on this planet. And that ends that. That ends that. That was a good one. That was that was definitely out of control, and that's what I'm looking for nowadays in these Elvis movies. So, what is the best song in the movie? I thought it was. I'd like Night Rider while I was watching it. Okay, but I don't know. I mean, that's just, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I think I like Slowly But Surely. I mean, Knight Rider's good. I mean, I think that they're all, like, I think the issue is that, like, they don't feel like singles. They feel like they fit the movie in a way. Like, they like especially considering they didn't record these songs in the movie, it fits the movie in a way. But I just, I don't think that any of them, mm. remember, we changed the way we do it. Like, after five times as the champion, we retire it. Viva Las Vegas is three weeks running or three episodes running, there's nothing in this movie that's better than Viva Las Vegas. No, no. And I think they, that's the that's the issue is like they knew it. They're, they're just recycling stuff. This is like using, like they did, like use stock footage. It's like kind of when Dan and I were watching those later Universal films and it's like, oh, I totally recognize like half of this movie because they it's cut from a previous right. movie. Yep. Like half this mummy movie is the last one. So now, Mike, you were eager to get to it earlier in the episode. On a scale of one to ten, ten is perfectly natural. One is the most forced imaginable. How naturally is this music incorporated into the plot? I mean, I think this is this is uh, has earned the spot of maybe like one. Kiss and Cousins was a two. Viva was a three and a half. We had a couple threes I, earlier. Viva, my I got. I'm dying to rewatch that. So okay, so here, here's but what I was thinking. I'm going to just, I could explain Go a little it. bit. Uh, just. No backing band, except for the one. one. Okay, one and a half. There's the one on the ranch too. Okay, no radio at least. Okay, mm -hmm. so no music to sing along mm -hmm. to. Um, Elvis just randomly. It's like whistling while you work. Mm -hmm. Okay, he just starts randomly singing, and we don't even come in at the beginning. Sometimes mm -hmm. uh, it's like offhand. Um, he singing rock and roll in the old west when he could have easily been singing like a great like country song mm -hmm. or something like that that would have fit a lot better and I, and I don't know I mean that that to me is enough and like look that's just to say for this category I loved that the movie did oh and the singing in the head like kind of thought that it was singing in Elvis's head at one point they were doing that they didn't but I thought that was happening so I was pretty detached from the realities 
of uh, of all this. So I don't think it's a one. One is just like, well, that's a zero. A zero is like mm. no, no, nothing. I thought, but so, I'll, I'll say I'll I'll go I'll go two, two. one and a half, two. Okay, but I hope I'm not trying to make a case. But I mean, just thinking about it, trying to take this way too seriously and stuff. Uh, I thought I'd lay it out. I like it. No, I appreciate that. I was thinking unrelated to this, but I think. There's so much. We've also been doing this for four or something years, right? Because it was before COVID. I kind of want to just watch all these again. Like I want to, you know, we, we talked about doing Cage Club Prime. Like what if like when we finish this in like a year and a half or whatever, start over. I never thought I'd hear you say that. I would love to like just keep it going. Aren't good. But I want to, like I, knowing where we go. There's a, we, could do, we could bring in guests. There's that's that would be fun to do a guest round, and then we'd have guests like that we could meet all across the internet that come Elvis experts, movie experts. Maybe we could find some actors that are still alive that were. I think these. they're all dead, mostly. Hmm. These are sixty years ago, dude. <laughs> Maybe the, the sons and daughters of some of them, Maybe. or the children of some of them. But uh, we'll see. look, I mean Elvis forever. You know, I mean, it, look, it could be way worse. And it, I feel like it's so. I hate sometimes that everything has to be categorized as good, bad, this or that. Like these are fun no matter what. Like I'm they're entertaining. Uh rarely do I finish a movie and I'm like, that was a waste of time. You know? Well, I think that that's the thing. It's like we're we're comparing all these like older movies or whatever, and it's like I don't really remember not that I'm gonna remember it on a second time, but like if we keep I don't know, who knows. Oh, I'm sure as soon as the movie starts, you'll be like, it's that one. And this is the moment this happens. Well, I mean, I wouldn't like hide it from myself. I'd be like, oh, okay. Like I remember like there's certain ones where I'd be like, okay, this is the Scooby-Doo Elvis. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Blue, Blue Hawaii, pretty clear cut. So your guess for this movie is that Elvis is mistaken for someone outside of his social class. Everything falls apart. And in the end, he has to tell the truth, but it all works out. He's a poor boy who wants to work his way in with a rich family and he tickled their fancy. <laughs> I got that way wrong. I don't think tickle me is a good like it does it's, it's a terrible not even title. In, in any definition of the word. No. Doesn't do it. The only time it's good is if it was used for that documentary about people who like to tickle each other. Tickled. I said he's a singer. Check. The new twist, he's trying to woo an attractive club owner, which is he, she meets in a club, but that's that has nothing to do with it. They have crushes on one another, still no, but neither realizes that it's the case, it's a comedy of errors. Nope. Well, there's a little bit of that just just in the dude at the Dudette Ranch. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Next up, Harem Scarum. All right, I think this I, is the twins one. We think, right? So, I have a new theory about this one. What do you think I, this is about? Okay, originally I thought it was like that. Um, oh, the prince is it the prince and the pauper? Like I thought it was going to be a prince and the pauper thing where like Elvis goes over there and you're stuck on this class warfare kind of thing the, huh? the guy in the Wait, harem goes over where goes to where they have harems he's going to india right i don't know i think he goes it, to in, let's it's say not, it's not spelled the same way though let's say let's say this let's say s- someone comes to america who's like a prince or something and they so look, elvis is in brown face this is what it no well yeah <laughs> Oh boy. Unfortunately. Okay. Um, but this is what I, that's what I thought it was that like, they're going to switch places. Like Elvis and this wealthy guy are going to switch places because they look alike and it'll be like a Prince and the Pauper thing. Okay. Now, I think it's going to be more <laughs> like a King Ralph situation where like the entire bloodline was wiped out. So they have to go to America to find like the last living heir of this like crazy family and it's Elvis and he's got to be put into, um, like he's got to go through the ropes. But we of know like, 
we know that this is a twin movie, right? No, well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he, he plays two roles. Maybe he plays Elvis and he plays this other guy he's pretending to be. I don't know. Oh. I don't know, though. I'm <laughs> Interesting. But you think that he has to, like, a poor boy Elvis has to, like, convince people that he's actually a rich boy from India. Maybe. Boy, this is going to be problematic. I that's will tell you. harem, right? I will tell you. While I think about my guess, it is by far... <laughs> The lowest rated movie that we have we've done so far. Oh, you mean uh, IMDb? Four point six. Ooh, Letterboxed. Two point six. Oh. So, Kiss and Cousins had lower on Letterboxed, but on IMDb that was higher. Four point six is breaking. Like we hadn't had, like Kiss and Cousins was the lowest on IMDb with a five point two. Not that 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 metric means anything, but a four six on nineteen hundred reviews. Mm. That's bad. So brownface might might do it. I don't want uh, to you just don't. put this out here. I don't want to see. You taking a stance against brownface? Is that on the record? <clears throat> I mean, yes. But also the movies I described, like, just I'll go watch those movies. Scarum, like, scarum. I wish it was like, maybe the scarum thing is another horror. It's H-A-R-U-M-S-C-A-R-U-M. Harem, like a typical, like harem is h-a-r-e-m i think traditionally oh that. and it's not like scare m h-a-r what u-m harem scarum okay i'm gonna go a different way <laughs> i don't think this is it but i see them in victorian era england which okay. i don't think is gonna work but i think that there's some kind of like i all i picture is a really big chandelier and maybe because you keep trying to manifest this, there's some kind of class thing where like Elvis is again out of his depth. Hmm. I feel like knowing that there's twins here, two roles is throwing me. It's like narrowing down like what it could possibly be. I'm definitely wrong based on my dyslexia because I'm spelling it as a harem. No, I think that's fine. I mean, I'm not right. Do you want to know what harem scarum slang means? Yeah. Reckless, rash, and irresponsible. He had a harem scarum youth, a disorganized and uncontrolled. Well, I think that that lends credibility to the like poor boy out prince of the in depth, the pop. Right? Okay, the, okay, yeah, uh huh. But I think it's going to be in Victorian England, and there's like a is a prince. Elvis is a prince. Oh, but Elvis is also like a servant, and the princess or the princess to be or whatever realizes that she's in love with poor Elvis. Oh, I like that. So here's what it's actually about. Oh boy. Uh, is he? Is he look like a um, indigenous American native? I don't know, but American singer Johnny Tyrone, great name. That's a very American name. Is enlisted by sinister forces hmm. to assassinate. Whoa! Wait, I almost want you to stop right there. An Arab king. Holy shit! Whose daughter he has fallen in love with. Elvis fell in love with the daughter, so he is going to have to wait. go. Undercover. He only plays Johnny Tyrone. Then why is there two of them on the cover? Oh boy, there are two of them on the cover. Hold on. What is happening, people? Harem Scarum. Is that the undercover thing? He has to go undercover? Wait, so you didn't know. You just saw two Elvises on a cover and you assumed that he played twins. Or a dual role. I think he goes undercover. No one wrote in to say anything about that. So like, I just assumed he played two people... I mean, what's the difference? I mean, I guess we went through this before. The difference, like today, he played two roles on uh, Kissing Cousins. He played two, two people. 
<sighs> Look, we'll find out when we Well, there's we find also a out. movie called Double Trouble, where he might play <laughs> twins in that. That's in a while from now. It was bad enough that he played twins. The first, I mean, you got to do it once, you know, but but uh, he's now in in that section at Blockbuster of uh, people who've played twins. Okay. Again, so, Michael Keaton played three, four, right? Multiplicity? Is that multiplicity? <laughs> yeah. All right. So maybe he doesn't play twins, but it is in the Middle East, and maybe that's why it's problematic. I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I think I saw a video in the IMDb thing as I was like looking at the thing of him swinging a sword. Describe the cover though, because like that really throws me. So the harem scarum poster is Elvis back to back with himself. And it's him as Elvis, like in a blue cardigan and pants. And then it's him as like a Middle Eastern sheik in like a vest and yellow pants and like got the the traditional hair tie or whatever like yeah so it almost i mean like you could understand how i would get confused right elvis brings the big bear to baghdad in a riotous rocking adventure spoof you know i guess all right we'll find out very much looking forward to uh whatever is going to happen the only riley kia knew since last time we mentioned earlier she was she is open to doing a movie with nicholas cage which would make us both very excited that'd be amazing we just covered her movie War Pony on this very feed a couple weeks ago, so go check that out if you have not yet. Let us know if you want more of those. If you want us to repeat these ad infinitum, like instead of like lap two for too fast, we did like second verse. Yeah, I'd be up for that second verse or the next leg of the tour, Ooh. something like that. The repeat special, I don't know. I'm trying to like work it into Elvis stuff, you know, things that he's familiar. But let us know, King, K-I-N-G, at cageclub.me. Email in, let us know what you think, and we'll go from there. Awesome. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. All right. Uh, Elvis has left the building. Night Rider. Night Rider. You may think that it's the breeze whistling through the lonely trees, but it's only him flying around the bend. As the day comes to an end. As the sun was going down Saw my baby and he smiled her heart away Now what will I do today?